You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Monday morning. The Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Jake's still trying to recover from daylight savings time, but uh, we made it through an hour, Jake. You got another hour in you? I think so. Maybe you need a halftime uh, speech from the coach, Jack Thigpen. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. What up, Coach? How you doing this morning, buddy? Good morning, good morning. Just a, just a wonderful morning and getting ready for some big-time basketball here. Yeah, certainly I know you're fired up for March Madness and tournament time. I know you were all in uh, watching the selection show. Any uh, huge takeaways for you? No, not really. And and you know, to be honest with you, I kind of missed some of the part of the first of the t- of the selection show. For some reason, I had the wrong time in my mind of when it was going to be, and <laughs> I, I turned it on. And, and of course, they were already into the selection show. And I thought I really didn't realize TBS was going to have it till I got in there. So I guess I dropped the ball on some of that. But anyway, I did get into most of it. But you know, again. Same old, same old, I guess, with our mid-majors not being able to, to get into dance like, uh, you know, I, I think they should. I, I really think they deserve to, and they just don't get there. And, you know, it, it kind of aggravates me in a, in, a, in a lot of different ways. I think sometimes a selection committee comes out, and when you start asking them why, you know, Middle Tennessee or in, in whoever case it is from year to year does not get in the – the program, it seemed like whatever criteria they say, they change from year to year to, to make it where the mid-majors don't get in. Uh, you know, one year they say, well, they haven't, you know, the conference, mid-major conference has not won any games in the tournament. Well, you look at Conference USA, the last three years, their representatives have won games in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Middle Tennessee beat Michigan. Middle Tennessee beat Minnesota the last couple of years. UAB beat somebody. I can't remember three years ago. Uh, so you can't use that criteria. Uh, they talked about well, they Middle Tennessee, the, the big uh, small schools lost some games. You know, we we want teams that are hot. We want teams that are playing good at the end. And you take a, a Middle Tennessee that lost two games at the end of the season. So you know, at one year that was a criteria. But now you. They put in Oklahoma, and they've lost eight out of the last nine games. So, you know, that that counteracts that. And they talk about strength of schedule. And, you know, the mid-majors don't have a chance because uh, the big boys, are they're built in strength of schedule with their conference play. So it just seemed like there's an excuse after excuse, and it changes from year to year just to keep the mid-majors out. And it's a shame, but I guess that's just the way it is. From a guy that kept close tabs on Middle Tennessee this year, how good is that team? Oh, they're all, they're good. They're they're really good. I, I I they're better than a lot of teams that went into that tournament. Now they slipped up and lost the last regular season game. They had clinched the conference tournament on a Thursday night, and uh, you know they were excited. I saw that game. It was on TV. And then the next two days later on Saturday, they ended up playing Marshall at home, and Marshall beat them. I think a lot of it is because they were emotionally down. But from the, the two nights before, they'd already clinched it. They knew they were going be the conference champion, and turns out Marshall's pretty doggone good. They end up winning the conference tournament. Uh, Middle Tennessee goes to the conference tournament, and I just think they overlooked uh, Southern Miss. You know, you can't afford to overlook anybody, but they did, and Southern Miss was just, they were just lights out for a couple of games down in the tournament, hit everything they threw up there, and playing was so emotion, 
and, and they slipped up and beat Middle Tennessee, and now, boom, they're out of the tournament, out of the NCAA tournament, and in out of the Conference USA tournament as well. But I think Middle Tennessee's, they're awful good. And, you know, I was looking, I don't want to keep beating this dead horse here, but uh, I was kind of comparing uh, yesterday or last night a little bit of Middle Tennessee and Alabama and Middle Tennessee and Oklahoma. You know, Alabama's 19 and 15. They're, they have a losing record in conference, and I really have a problem with putting teams in that have losing records in the conference. Middle Tennessee's 27 and, uh, 24-7, and 11-2 in conference. Middle Tennessee beats Vanderbilt by three. Alabama lost to Vanderbilt. Alabama played Auburn twice. Now, they beat them five, but they also lost to Auburn by 19. Middle Tennessee lost to Auburn by six. Auburn loses to Ole Miss by 12. Middle Tennessee beats Ole Miss by 19. So when you start comparing scores, Middle Tennessee's got better scores against uh, common opponents, you know, than Alabama does. Um, they said they didn't beat some of the big-time schools. Middle Tennessee lost to University of Miami by three. I think they lost to USC by like two. So even though they lost to some of those teams, they played them, you know, right down to the wire. And I saw that USC game. It was early in the year, and Middle Tennessee could have won the game. They got a bad call or something at the end, and USA wins it. Uh, you look at Oklahoma and U- UT, uh, Middle Tennessee. Oklahoma played UTSA and beat them by 12. Middle Tennessee beat UTSA by 24. Uh, North Alabama beats North Texas by 10, but Middle Tennessee beats them by 6. Uh, Middle Tennessee lost to USC here, as I had it written in, by 5. Oklahoma wins them by 2. So, you know, you start comparing scores like that, Middle Tennessee's, you know, as good as those guys. And, and, Alabama, and again, we said Oklahoma lost. Uh, eight out of the last ten and finishes eight and ten in conference, eighteen and thirteen on the season. So Middle Tennessee can play with just about anybody out there and, and could beat most of those guys. They just don't get a chance. We all love the conference postseason play because everybody's got a chance. But if you look at the mid-major conferences, would it be in their benefit to just have their regular season champ, their best team going, considering the money that they could potentially bring if they win one or two games in the NCAA tournament? You know, that is that is a thought. And, and it crossed my mind, and we were talking about that to somebody yesterday, that probably the middle mid-majors do hurt themselves in their conference tournament. I think, I think you're right uh, because of that very fact. And I don't think these mid-major tournaments, by and large, make a lot of money. I know in the big conferences they like that tournament because they can generate a lot more money. I don't think the mid-majors generate a lot of money in their conference tournaments. Uh, so, you know, that's an idea. It really is, and they'd probably be better off. Uh, because if they if they didn't have the conference tournament this year, Middle Tennessee's probably in. Well, they would be in because one one person's going to go in. So, And Middle Tennessee, I think, is the best team in the conference. I mean, Marshall's going. Marshall's good. But I just believe Middle Tennessee's probably the best team. All right, Conference USA tournament, of course, uh, wrapped up. You mentioned uh, Marshall winning. It was played at the Star over there in Frisco. You think it played out well there? You know, I think it did. It, it surprised me. I was concerned when I went over there of how it was going to, uh, you know, look how it was going to work. They had two courts put down on a, on a big football field, but they brought in a lot of portable bleachers, and uh, they had a big curtain that separated. And the courts were really not real close to each other. I, I thought there'd be a lot of noise, maybe bleeding over from one court to the other, but they were not. They were separated by a good distance and some bleachers on on each court. Um, 
you know, for the fans of the particular teams, I think it worked out good because in the past years you had the girls playing the first couple rounds in one site and the guys playing in another site. And on several times you would have the girls in one side and the guys of the same team in another side. And fans that wanted to see the girls and the guys from the same team weren't able to do that. They had to pick one or the other. Where here you had the girls playing in the morning and the guys playing in the afternoon so you could watch. You know, if you were a Tech fan, you could watch the Lady Texters and the Bulldogs play uh, and you wouldn't have to split between them. Now, for for uh, fans like me that like to go in and just watch four guys' games in a row, we're not able to do that because you had the guys playing at the same time on, on two different courts. So, you know, you give and take. But I think as far as the fans are concerned for each particular team, I think it worked out pretty well. And, and that, the atmosphere was good, the way they had it configured. Uh, they had some decent crowds there, but they didn't have to have huge crowds to make it feel like you had some people in the watching the games. And, and I thought it turned out pretty good. I, I really did. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, Jack, we had uh, three state champions from uh, North Louisiana, Simsboro, Rabel, and Summerfield. And I know you got a chance to see Rabel play a couple times, and you certainly have watched a lot of high school basketball, first as a coach and then uh, as you've been retired, going out to a number of games. Conversations now come up about this Rabel team, the fact they end their year 34-0, and and people are kind of trying to compare to them some of the best in the last decade in this area. From the limited time that you saw the Hornets this year, could they make a case? Uh, you know, they were awful good. There's no question about it. I really like the way they play. They've got some good players. Uh, they have a system, uh, and they ran that system. But, you know, it's, it's hard to compare, uh, you know, one team from one air to another team from another air. I would say that they're probably as, as, probably as good as the basketball team as I've seen in a long time. Uh, they did play a lot of the good teams around. You know, they didn't shy away. So they went to the West Monroe Tournament. And they went to the Washita. They, they, beat, they beat some good teams, and they beat some of the big guys. And so you've got to give them credit for doing that. And, yeah, I think they've got to be in the conversation, no question about it. All right, I wanted to ask you this question. I saw a number of clips this weekend with Virginia, of course, and the magnificent run that they've made. Showed a lot of clips of Ralph Simpson with the hook back in the day and, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Why do you think that shot is not used today? You know, I don't really know, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it's a shot. It may may not be – well, what am I trying to think of? It, it, it's, it doesn't appeal to a lot of guys because it's not as fancy. You know, they like the three-point shot. They like the dunk. They like the fancy drive to the basket and all that. And that's just kind of a uh, – you, you put them in there, and it's kind of an old-fashioned type of shot. But I really do think it's an excellent shot. If I had a, a, a post guy that had some height that could work around that basket, I think that would be something you need to work on. It's awful hard to block. You can get some shots off that way. Uh, you can get it over defenders, and I, I really do like that shot. I really do, and it's it's kind of a old-fashioned kind of shot, so to speak, but I would like to see it come back. Shane C. says it doesn't look cool. He that, it there we go. That's, I guess I was searching for the words to use. I, would, I couldn't come up with it, but that's probably a pretty good word. You know, it, it just doesn't look cool, yeah. Uh, Simsboro's head coach Josh Brown will join us in the next segment. Only got a couple minutes here, Jack. Uh, you got a blast from the past for us? Well, you know, I do. I don't know. may not have time to get in everything I wanted to get in about it, but, you know, that Salesboro did win a state championship. Kind of reminded me of Salesboro's last state championship they won before this one, which was in 1975. They were in Class C basketball back in those days. And, you know, I, I, 
I look, remember that, that basketball team very well. As a matter of fact, I coached against them on several occasions, and they were they were an outstanding team. They didn't have any just great players, but they had a team full of good players. They ended up with two of those guys playing Division One college basketball and another one playing Division One college baseball. They had twins, Bobby and Ronnie Dowling, that were starters, and Ronnie came over to ULM and played. He played with Calvin Nat and Jamie Mayo and those guys. And then Clinton Sampson was a forward on that Tech, about Salesburg team that went to Louisiana Tech and played. Was a great player there. And Tommy Durrett, who was uh, the post player on that team, played baseball at Louisiana Tech. Matter of fact, Tommy Durrett hit a shot at the buzzer to win that basketball game. Beat beat Salesboro and I uh, beat Summerfield. Excuse me, Salesboro beat Summerfield. Tommy Joe Eagles, who was a coach at Tech and went on to Auburn, he had coached at uh, Salesboro the year before, and he left and went to Cedar Creek. And then Barry Canterbury came in and coached that that year and did an outstanding job. Barry's real fiery kind of guy. And during the middle of that game, uh, oh, really, it was toward the end of the game, he got fired up and threw a water bottle down on the floor. But after an official made a call, a water bottle went rolling out on the court. An official saw it, went grabbed the water bottle, was fixing to give Tommy a, uh, I mean, Barry a, a technical. But of course, Barry jumps up and starts blaming the fans and everybody else looking around. He didn't know where that water bottle came from, and they ended up not getting a technical. But that was kind of a humorous event that happened in that game. But Salesboro had a had an outstanding team that year, and I don't know if I don't know, how, how much time I got. You got a minute or two. All right. Well, let me let me mention a couple of things here. We're talking about Class C basketball. There, I started looking back over and remembering some of the outstanding players that have come out of these Class C schools, very small schools all over the state back in those days. A lot of those schools are not even there anymore. They've been closed down. You go all the way back to 1961 and 62, Athens High School, there's, there's no such thing anymore, won the Class C state championship. They had a guy named Donnie Henry. Uh, some of our people around here may remember him, an outstanding player, just a magician with the basketball. He's one of the first guys I ever saw that could look one way and pass the other way. Very fiery kind of guy. He went to Centenary, great career over at Centenary. Walter Hayes played on Athens' team at that time. He came over to Northeast ULM and played there. In 63, Lisbon, there's no longer a school there, Lisbon had a team. They got beat in the state finals. They didn't win the championship, but they had a guy named Glenn Salters that played at Lisbon. He came to ULM and played. He ended up playing on the 1968 Olympic team coming out of Lisbon High School. In 1965, Belmont High School, they're no longer in, uh, in existence anymore. They had a team. They only had like seven or eight players even on the team. They were that small. They had a guy named James White who put them to the, to the state championship. He was about 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he went to Northwestern, and he still holds a lot of re- records at Northwestern and rebounding in points. He had 54 points in a game in the final game that year. In 1970, Ebarb wins the championship. They had a guy that most people remember named Greg Procell. Greg Procell was a prolific scorer. He holds the national record still to this day of most points by a high school player in a career, 6,702 points. He averaged 37.2 points a game in his career. He averaged 46.7 points a game as a senior. He scored 100 points in a ball game versus Elizabeth in 1970. He had 41 field goals, 18 free throws. They won 139-79. to 79. He scored 100 points. 
Greg Prosell came out of E-Barb. He played junior college and then went to Northwestern. On that same team, they had a guy, that, Walter Michelle. They called him Tootsie Roll. Walter Tootsie Roll Michelle. He ended up with 3,023 points as a career. He was a great player. Two more real quick. In 1974, Central of Dubberley beat Simsburg in the, in the finals a year before they won it. He was about 6'6", great player, went to LSU, had an outstanding career at LSU, played some pro ball, Central of W, they're no longer in existence. And then we had a three-year run from 79 to 81 up at Summerfield when Carl Malone played up there, won a state championship three years ago. Of course, we all know about Carl Malone and what, what a great career and what a great player he is. So what great players came out of these little small schools around North Louisiana, and most of those schools are no longer in existence anymore. Jack, thanks for the history lesson. Some good stuff there, but I uh, look forward to hearing from you next Monday and getting your breakdown of the first two rounds in the big tournament. Sounds good. Thanks, Aaron. Hope I didn't take too much time. No, you were great. Jack Thigpen. Always enjoy hearing from him, getting a little history lesson or two. As Simsboro wins its first state championship since 1975. The current coach, Josh Brown, joins us after the break on the morning drive. And we'll get a huge curtain call. The senior, D. Livingston, emotional, heading towards the bench in his final game as a Simsboro Tiger. 2007-18, the Simsboro Tigers win the Class B state championship for the first time since 1975, second in school history. And 43 years later, the Simsboro Tigers are champions of Class B basketball. Ryan Cavanaugh with the call there, courtesy of the Peach. Now join us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline, the head coach of Simsboro, Josh Brown. What's up, Coach? How are you doing this morning, bud? Hey, I'm doing great, Aaron. How are you? Good. Can you put into words what the last, uh, I guess, 48 hours or so have been like for you since winning the state championship? Well, Aaron, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, we've had so much support in our school and our community, and just to be able to share that excitement with everybody, that was a uh, that was an amazing feeling coming out of that tunnel uh, holding that state championship trophy uh, with all our fans waiting on us. So many great moments from this weekend. Is there one or two, and you just mentioned that one, walking out, that kind of will stand out and be like the snapshot for you about your championship run? Yeah, definitely that one. Uh, again, because of just all the support, you know, we're just a big family here at Simsboro. And, uh, being able to share that moment, you know, not only with my family personally, but, you know, our Simsboro family. And then also the moment that I had with uh, Dee Levingston, you know, a guy that I've coached the last three years since I've been here our only senior, our leader, uh, being able to have that game in hand and being able to sub him out at that moment with him, that was really special. Big build-up, the fact you're going after that first state championship since 1975. So kind of tell us, what was the mood and, and what was the speech like going into a game like this? You know, we, we were ready. Uh, we had a good talk uh, the night before and a little meet at the hotel you know, the guys were ready, you know, and I told them, I said, if you want to be a state champion tomorrow, you've got to be a state champion tonight. You know, you've got to go to bed, you've got to get some sleep, you got to take care of your business. And they did that, you know, and we had breakfast early that morning. And uh, it was it was different. It was, you know, the guys were just really focused. Nobody really talked. We just all kind of just sat there and ate breakfast together and uh, got on that bus and went over to take care of business. Yeah, it had to be a little odd at 10 a.m. tip, but the beauty of it is you take care of business, and literally you get the rest of the day to celebrate. Yeah, that's true. That was kind of nice. Uh, you know, you get done, it's not even lunchtime yet. Uh, 
so it, you know, it gave us a lot of time to enjoy that with our families, you know, and our friends. Just it was just an amazing day for us. Hands down, the best picture I saw after the tournament was a picture of you with the trophy next to you with it buckled in. Was that the best car ride of your life? <laughs> that that was the best car ride of my life. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm going to tell you, 1975 has been a long time, and uh, that's a big responsibility, getting that trophy home. So I made sure I strapped that baby in good and personally escorted that back to Simsboro. I love that photo, of course, you in the vehicle with the trophy, but then the other pictures with you and your family. Uh, man, uh, just some priceless stuff there as your kids are also enjoying the state championship and considering the scare you had earlier in the week, uh, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it was great. You know, uh, the semifinal, you know, my youngest son, Judah, we had, a, we had an issue that uh, was very scary. Uh, my wife actually got the call uh, during the fourth quarter of that semifinal game. Uh, so as soon as the game was over, she sent me a text and said, we got to go. Um, and it was, it was a scary moment. Uh, some stuff was going on, but come to find out it, he's fine. Everything is fine. Um, and for them to be there and be able to celebrate that with me, that was really special because, uh, there was a time late Wednesday evening where we were thinking we were going to be flying to New Orleans or Shreveport. So I was, uh, just so thankful that everything worked out. Yeah, Coach, I can't imagine what that's like. Uh, you're, you're celebrating one of the biggest wins of your career. Then, of course, you get word that your son's got some issues, and right away you're off and running, and, of course, your mind's in a completely different direction. Yeah, and, you know, and I love my basketball team, and I, I love the game of basketball, but it really puts things in, puts things in perspective because uh, I'm going to be honest with you. At that point, uh, basketball was the farthest thing from my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I've got to give a big shout-out to my coaching staff because I had to leave immediately. And, you know, that gave them the responsibility of handling all all of our basketball issues, you know, as far as getting back to the hotel and team meetings for the next day or two. And uh, they handled that perfectly. Uh, I'm so glad it worked out for you and your family and, of course, the Simsboro Tigers. All right, Coach, we, we talked in the past about getting over this hump and winning a state championship. You only have one senior on this team, and you mentioned him. So now everybody's looking at you guys next year like, oh, you are the team to beat. How do you handle these expectations from here on out? Well, we kind of had that target on our chest all year. Uh, you know, we tell everybody, we tell our guys that we got to expect everybody to be 10 to 15 points better because they're playing us, you know, because we're number one and we're you know expected to make that run. And I believe next year it's going to be the same pace. Uh, you know, we got everybody back to D. Now, losing D, that is a big loss. Uh, he does a lot of things that don't show up on that stat sheet. I've seen him dominate a game and score eight points. Uh, we're not going to replace him with one person. We're going to have to do that collectively. But I think we will. And um, our program is is in place now, and, and we do things over the summer, and we play a big schedule during the summer. That, you know, these young guys that we got, they're, they're going to grow, and they're going to grow up, and they're going to contribute. And I expect us to be right in the mix again next year. Josh Brown, Simsboro's head coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. So, Coach, I know you played a tough schedule this past year. Do you look at perhaps other tournaments around uh, the South and other ways to kind of even test this team even more going into next year? Yeah, that's something, uh, actually, as soon as I get off the phone with you guys, I'm going to start working on this schedule. Uh, You know, it's it's a blessing to be able to play this late into the season, but, you know, that kind of puts us behind in scheduling. So we're going to schedule whoever will play us. Uh, again, we want to challenge our guys. 
I'm going to call some of the bigger schools. Uh, we're going to try to get in some of the bigger tournaments. I think that's good for us. Uh, and then uh, we'll just kind of go from there and try to build a schedule that prepares us to make a run again next year. You think other coaches are going to answer your call? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I think they will. Uh, you know, one thing about the power ranking system is, is that really helps us because we win a lot of games. So uh, these coaches can take an opportunity. You know, they get an opportunity to play us, and if they beat us, you know, they get a really good power ranking for that. So I think uh, I don't think I'll have any problem getting a schedule together. I right, would be remiss not to give uh, John Tabor, one of your biggest fans and Simsboro's fan, an opportunity to ask a question or two. Tabes, you got any a word for a coach? I just tell him what I told him on the phone when I called him. Thank you. Oh man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I love it here and. Uh, Everybody's just embraced me and, and been behind me and stood behind me, and I just I just appreciate what everybody's done for me. Thanks, Coach. Congratulations on the state championship. The drought is over. Simsboro is celebrating its first title since 1975. Thank you. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Good stuff there. I know Tabor's been – Tabor probably hadn't stopped celebrating since they won. Tabor, did you wear your shirt Saturday? Did you have your Simsboro shirt on at work? I did not, but I did work yesterday. Nice. There you go. Well done. Uh, I want to get to a couple quick texts before we take our, our next break. Uh, Shane had a response to the whole Oklahoma, you know, controversy. And I'm getting in. He said one word, young, and as for uh, Alabama as well, Sexton, which makes sense. I mean, they want ratings. They're Star gonna power. Put, they're going to put these lottery draft picks in there, which young's kind of. Sexton is getting a lot of love now. Oh, yeah. He tore it up yeah. in the SEC tournament. And uh, Richie, real quick, he says, uh, they're not going to pay Landry the $16 million tax on Jarvis Landry and the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland isn't making that trade if he ha- if he was opposed to a long-term deal. He'll sign a new contract that will soften that hit. Uh, your, your faith in Cleveland may be misplaced, Richie. Let's take a timeout. A lot coming up in the final 30 minutes, including the voice of the Warhawks. Nick White will join us next. Plus, you'll hear from uh, Grambling women's head basketball coach Freddie Murray will join us at 840. The Morning Drive is back after this. Welcome back to The Morning Drive. Unfortunately, in life, bad things happen to us. If you're struggling with some sort of trauma and want some professional help, you should consider EMDR Trauma Therapy from Amber White at Firm Foundations Counseling in Monroe. Amber White is one of the few therapists in our area trained in MDR therapy, a type of therapy which uses eye movement and other stimulation to assist clients in processing distressing memories and beliefs. Blue Cross, Vantage, and TRICARE insurance is accepted at Firm Foundations. If you're interested in learning more about EMDR trauma therapy, call Firm Foundations Counseling today at 318-654-7010. That's 318-654-7010. Or go online to myfirmfoundations.com for more information. We always love catching up with the voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, on Monday mornings around 8.30. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Nick White, how you doing this morning, bud? Doing great. That was a tremendous read. And, uh, you know, seriously, I, I do want to mention, uh, you know, last week, it was, uh, I thought it was really brave of a uh, professional athlete, you know, Kevin Love, to, to come out and, uh, you know, talk about his, his struggles with, with mental health. And, um, you know, it's, it's a real issue. And, um you know, we, we've got some uh, some new things. This is, this is called a tease, guys, that uh, we're coming out uh, that my wife is, is also uh, trained in as sports 
uh, sports psychology and therapy as well for our athletes in the area as well uh, that we'll be uh, we'll be discussing next month a little bit more. But uh, you know, it was great to see him uh, you know discuss that and, and become kind of an open avenue about um, something that is a, a very real problem. Uh, with athletes and, of course, everybody out there. So um, great, great on Kevin Love to, uh, to to be able to bring that out last week. And, uh, of course, uh, we're here to help if, uh, if you are struggling with any of those problems. Uh, of course, my wife, I'm biased, but uh, I think she's the best and uh, can really get, get you taken care of. We thought you had called your uh, last uh, basketball game on Friday when uh, ULM lost in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. But now the news coming out that they will score off against Austin P Thursday night. Uh, I don't know if you heard from Keith Richard earlier in the show, but just talked about the advantages of continuing to play postseason play. What do you make of this Warhawks team getting to continue their season? Yeah, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, it's, it's you know, I, every every year is different as far as how you do this. I, love, I thought he was absolutely right. Um, you know, with the, these tournaments, it's all about your expectations going in. If you notice, there, there are teams in the conference that – uh, elected not to go. I'm sure they 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 had people reach out to them. UT Arlington being one, um, and and you know ULM was a part of that. Uh, they they weren't picked, um, you know, high a couple of years ago. But uh, I can tell you how tough that was to turn around uh, after losing in the conference championship game on a Sunday, no less, and then have to turn around two days later and and, and roll all the way to South Carolina and play that ball game in Furman. So, uh, but the Warhawks have plenty of time to kind of get over, you know, losing in the quarterfinals. And, um, you know, obviously that they vetted the team well. They want to do this, have, have some time to kind of uh, recharge the batteries like they did three years ago uh, and made that run in the CBI. So uh, I think this is a good move for them and a good opportunity uh, you know, for for me, as I told Tabor, he's like, "How are you doing this morning?" I'm like, "Well, I'm trying to, trying to sit here and figure out my week now." Because <laughs> uh, that's uh, I don't know if you guys have googled that uh, that showing up to Austin P, but uh, whew, that's uh, yeah. it's a little bit of a journey. Uh, I'm gonna add to my platinum status at uh, Enterprise here, uh, and then I gotta, uh, I guess, try to try to. That's what I'm trying to figure out baseball this week as well, and uh, getting down to Mobile uh, after that for baseball this week, but. Um, Nonetheless, um, you know, uh, good good for them, and, um, and you know, hopefully they can win, and um, you know, try to see where 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 everything uh, moves forward from there. Uh, in terms of uh, the Sun Belt Conference, and uh, they'll be represented by Georgia State. We're all looking at our brackets. Uh, what do you make of Georgia State uh, winning the conference, and of course, uh, dashing uh, basically Texas Arlington's chances, and then earlier on, of course, the Cajuns not making it. Yeah, I had a feeling the Cajuns were going to going to drop. I don't know if you um, <clears throat> heard me. I think last week I kind of said, "Watch out for some surprises in this thing." And I just had a feeling they they were going to drop in this thing. They they weren't, you know. I don't. You know, they they kind of sputter at the end, and I knew Jonathan Stove wasn't healthy. Um, and you know, I, I knew Jakeenan Gant uh, wasn't a hundred percent as far as injury wise, and then he came down with a respiratory ailment as well. So. They, they certainly won in that tournament at 100%, but I thought they were right for an upset. I thought, you know, uh, just the way they were going all year long and, and you know, sometimes uh, you kind of dominate. That Maybe it's not a good thing to sit there and, and dominate the way they had dominated all year long and not be tested. And sometimes, you know, you face a little bit of adversity 
you don't know how to handle it. And um, I think that, that kind of set in with them after they got punched in the mouth in the regular season finale against Little Rock. And, um, you know, they faced them again on Saturday. And, uh, and I thought UT Arlington had the best chance to go and beat them as far as the teams in, in, the, uh, in the tournament. Having seen these teams play, you know, at least you know, some of them once, but but others twice, and and watching the action down there, um, you know, this week as well. I thought that they had the the, the proper recipe to go and beat the Cajuns. So uh, they did. Um, I was certainly pulling for UTA. I, I like their coach Scott Cross, and um, you know, but but Georgia State, uh, boy, they're awfully talented as well. Uh, you know, they, they're a 15 seed. Uh, that's a dangerous. That's a dangerous 15 seed, guys. That is a dangerous 15 seed. Uh, watch out! Did you for say that they're dangerous? Uh, they're, they're, watch out for them. That's all I'm gonna say because they, uh, Demarcus Simons, uh, he he is a a special player. Um, he's got you know he he had a number of pro scouts, NBA scouts. We're not talking about uh, you know overseas scouts. We had a number of NBA scouts there. Uh, looking at him this week at the Sunbelt Tournament, and, and I think he, he put on a pretty good performance, Sunbelt Player of the Year. Um, you know, they, they're not a deep team, but they can they can certainly, with the, the seven or eight guys they put out there, uh, Malik Ben-Levy and, and Jeff, Jeff Thomas and, and a couple other guys out there, uh, Devin Mitchell, freshman, uh, can get out there and, and really play. Uh, they, they are a team to, to watch out for there. Uh, in in this uh, conference tournament, to go and uh, pull pull an upset there. All right, Nick. Uh, maybe we'll catch up with you uh, later in the week, right before that Austin P game. Uh, safe travels out there as you juggle baseball and, of course, basketball this week. Appreciate the time, bud. Oh wow. Okay. See you, Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks. Let's take a time out. Coming up next, uh, Grambling's head coach Freddie Murray will join us as the Lady Tigers now get ready for the big dance. Welcome back to the show. So many big storylines from this weekend, and one that's certainly at the top of the page has to be the fact that the Grambling Lady Tigers are heading to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1999. Their head coach, Freddie Murray, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Coach? Doing great, doing great, my friend. Can you put into words what it's like for you guys to be celebrating uh, this uh this conference championship, we heard a quote from you, a post-game comment. You got a little emotional just in terms of what this means for this program to be going to the NCAA tournament. Yes, yes. Grambling has had a long history of winning, and it's been a long drought, like you said earlier. It's been since 1999 since they've been to the NCAA tournament. When I got here uh, back in 2015, um, the coach at that time, Nadine Damone, you know, our, our, our motto for that year was rebuilding the, the legacy that Grambling once uh, was known for, um, and that started the uh, actual movement. And when she left and I took over last year on an interim basis, uh, we just continued to actually build on that uh, to the point where, you know, it all culminated on uh, uh, Saturday in Houston. Uh, I was so proud of the ladies for what we've gone through. It's been a draining year, um, going from 16 to 9 players, um, having a, a three- or four-month period where um, – Players and coaches lost family members, friends, grandparents, um, not really knowing who you were going to have to play from game to game. Uh, it, it just all came together on that night, and it just the emotion just poured out after we won it, that that particular night because I was just so elated for the ladies. Uh, I've been there before, and I know it's a great feeling. It's hard to get back there, but I, one thing I, I assured them when I got here was that 
who wasn't going to stop until we got there, and we were able to do it on Saturday. The message to the team, because it was a back-and-forth game, and then, of course, the fourth quarter, you were behind, you come back, and, of course, Hill, the performance that she had not only in this game but throughout the, the, the fourth quarter. Uh, what was your kind of message to the team as you were going down to the final minutes of that game? Well, I just told them, we've been here before. We've been here before. Uh, we've been in plenty of those games. Um, uh, uh, a lot of the key pieces that were on the court at that particular time have been in those situations for three straight years. And uh, so it was it was just trust the process. That was what our motto was throughout the year, along with road to redemption. But uh, we just wanted them to actually know that we've been there before, uh, keep your composure. You know, we had things kind of going our way late in the game, and we just kind of knew we just had to continue to just grind it out all the way to the end. But my hat goes off to uh, Sandy Pugh and Southern. They were great. Uh, uh, opponent for us, and uh, but our kids was determined. They've been determined since June, and this has been a long season, and I'm just so happy. The fact that it comes against your rival, Southern, does that make it more sweet? It makes it more sweeter. It makes it more sweeter. I think the fans really was treated to a great game. Uh, we we kind of built it up as uh, Bayou Classic on the hardwood, and uh, each time we played this year, uh, all three games were games that could have went either way uh but that's just how it is between southern and grambling and i don't see it changing no time so you have a milestone win like that i'm just curious after the game your phone must have been just blowing up yeah i think i've been uh responding to emails and text messages since the game ended i think i'm pushing about 500 to 600 text messages and emails and <laughs> personally i try to respond back to everybody you know uh everybody have been pulling for us all year. Uh, the love and the support has just been overwhelming. And, uh, um, yeah, but it hasn't stopped. And even to today, and while I'm on the phone with you, my phone is continually buzzing. So I'm just glad that God is good. You know, he's always, uh, um, you know, been the head of my life. And, and he's always orchestrated my every move through my 18, 19-year career. And, you know, I'm just glad to be in this position and be able to c- continue on and be one of the better teams in the conference still playing. The cool thing, of course, one victory leads to even better experiences. Now a chance to play in the NCAA tournament selection show later tonight. And I know you guys are going to have a nice event, and hopefully a lot of fans will come out uh, later today. What is planned for later at the Hopkins Center? Well, we have a, a selection party um, starting at 4.30 here on campus. Uh, we have a band with Chileville's Dancing Girls. The DJ, all the fans are coming out. Uh, it's just a prelude up to the selection show and uh, around maybe um, – 30 central time we'll know where we're going to be going uh, we kind of you know like i said i've been in this position quite a bit i've been able to go in as a 16c 15 c 14c not sure what the doing that so i'm sure we'll be thrown in and fire early and uh, coach i guess you're encouraging everybody to come out and be a part of this thing tonight All right, Coach, we're losing you there. Uh, congratulations on a, a great season, and, of course, uh, we look forward to catching up with you tonight. Appreciate the time. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You I bet. appreciate everything. Freddie Murray, head coach of the Grambling Lady Tigers. Huge win, milestone victory for them, and now, of course, go into the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1999.
Sounded like he was getting a few more text messages while we were on the phone. Or people were honking at him, too. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of the Lady Tiger's way. That's right. (laughs) So uh, we'll see how this plays out. And, of course, uh, we'll be working on uh, coverage tonight on KNOE. Perhaps they'll be live out there at 5 and 6 tonight. There you go. Let's get to our parting shots. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. It's time for Parting Shots, sponsored by no one. Sort of, if you want to know the truth about it, pisses me off. We're not afraid to ask the hard-hitting questions. Go on. Come on, ask it. Ask it. Or you're not capable. Okay, coach, how flexible is Nick White? Is your head in the sand? Can you, are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? My suspicion would be no. I can, you can't. Easy, coach. At least he doesn't disappear in Mexico for long periods of time. I think you must have been either um, head in the clouds away on a holiday. Some thought-provoking parting shots. Well, you must be very stupid. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh, okay. Still sponsored by no one. That was a classic there, though. You can uh, be a part of it if you do want to sponsor it. Just hit us up. That was like a, the best hits for parting shots. That Nick White line there. I, I, I just have that visual of Nick on the beach trying to stretch. That's a bad visual, too, at that. <laughs> Nick trying to put his n- nose in the sand. There you go. Okay. We, we need to change the subject quick. <laughs> anyway. What you got? I got uh, my buddy Dick Vitale. Oh, he's your buddy now. Oh, I like him. A lot of people don't like Dick Vitale. It still feels weird to me, him calling an SEC game. Does it? Yeah. It's fine. I I like him because he brings enthusiasm to the table. And I know you can turn that argument against me with other guys that I don't like. But it just works for me with Dick Vitale. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because I grew up watching him. It's just like you accept it. Like he is what he is. Kind of like Bill Walton. Like he is what he is. I accept it. He's the grandpa that's over the top. Yeah. You embrace it. And it's like, you know what? That's fine. Uh Come on. Even though you're kind of weird. I'm I'm cool with it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So... He had a great soundbite yeah. this um, this past weekend. Something we've been talk to, talking about a lot over the show is why did Oklahoma get in? It, it's crazy to me that Oklahoma got in when Oklahoma State didn't. Just because Oklahoma State beat them twice, Oklahoma was not good at all down the stretch. I mean, they really were bad down the stretch. And as many have pointed out throughout the show, including Shane C., I mean, for college basketball, and it's not like we get to know these teams extremely well or the players, especially when they're one and done. When they do have some star power, they need to exploit yeah, it. but that's another thing, and, I, and this is a whole other tangent we can go off of, but I felt like Trey Young, like people fell in love with Trey Young way too quick, man. It was like SportsCenter would have all these Trey Young hits, and you're just like, he's good. He's not Steph Curry. Y'all are trying to make him to be Steph Curry. Mm. And, yeah, they're they're – he resembles he resembles Steph Curry in, in certain spots, sure. I mean, anybody can see that, but he's not on that level yet. And I don't know if that pressure, you know, caused Young to digress a little bit this year. But he he was not the same player toward the end of the year as he was toward the beginning. Anyway, that that's a whole different topic we can talk about another day. But the media fell in love with Trey Young, therefore they fell in love with Oklahoma. Therefore, they got into the big dance. And here's what Dick Vitale had to say about it. Somebody explain this to me. 
I know I'm a dummy. I know I can't spell. I know I can't read. I can't write. I have no math skills. But I want somebody to explain this to me. How in the world can Oklahoma State be sitting home today and Oklahoma in the tournament when Oklahoma loses 11 of their last 15 games? They didn't win one game in the year 2018 on the road. And on top of it, Oklahoma State beats them twice. Not once, twice. Oklahoma State beats Kansas twice. Oklahoma State beats West Virginia at West Virginia. Oklahoma State beats Florida State. I see no logic. They can give me all the talk they want about early, but they did early 14-2. and two. There is no way in the world that Oklahoma State, if Oklahoma's in, Oklahoma State had to be in the tournament. I think it's a disgrace. I think it's an embarrassment, and it's a humiliation to what this tournament's about. I really, tell you the truth, it frustrates the hell out of me. Love it from Dick. Uh, Anthony Monroe weighs in and says, Star Power didn't help LSU when we had Simmons. True, but different style of player, right? Simmons wasn't as flashy as Trey Young. Mm. Simmons was good, and I, quite honestly, Simmons lacked that killer instinct in college. Am I breaking news here? I mean, I think we can all agree on that. If you watch Simmons at LSU, he, he was not good down the stretch. Now, there were glint, there were flashes where you're just like, yeah, he's clearly the best in college basketball, and he's proven it today. I mean, he's he's either in the running or is you know one A for rookie of the year right now. So I mean, he's he's proven it, proven it at, at the NBA level already. But yeah, in college he was he had flashes of greatness, but he just didn't. I don't know if he didn't care or what the issue was. Team chemistry with Tim Quarterman, what the issue was, but uh, that was a, that was a completely different topic. And you've been beating the drum for the SEC the entire year, and it's got to make you feel good when you look at the number of teams. What, they get eight, eight. into the tournament? Uh, as the season played out, we had a couple of people text, just, come on, take it easy on SEC basketball. They'll be lucky to get four teams in. Yeah, uh, I didn't know where that was They silenced a lot of those critics. Yeah, if you paid attention to basketball this year, you knew the SEC was a good conference. You knew it was one of the better conferences out there. And so it did not shock me that they got eight teams in. Now, people can – People can complain about Alabama getting in. My thing is they played so well in the conference tournament, and like I have less issue with them getting in than Oklahoma because they yes they lost they lost a lot of conference games, but you saw in that stretch in the SEC tournament they lost to Kentucky, but up until then they were beating some really good teams, and the way Colin Sexton was taking over, they weren't going to be denied a, a, a bid. Okay, they were just when you have a player like Colin Sexton. And you're playing well enough, you know, toward toward the end of the stretch to warrant the conversation. You're getting in, so that didn't surprise me. Oklahoma, completely different story. I don't think they should have got in. I think, especially when Oklahoma State beat them twice, they should have got in over Oklahoma. Much more on the NCAA tournament as the week progresses. Uh, my parting shot: just congratulations to Summerfield, Simsboro, and Rabel for winning state championships. We kind of went into this week with a little bit of a negative tone about how it's been a little bit of a down year for North Louisiana high school teams. Delhi girls, of course, winning the state championship. It was nice to see at least uh, we get three out of the 12 championships in boys basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, three out of the four won this weekend, so that's very good. That's, that's a very good ending to what has been kind of a long, long year, starting back to, from last football season. But, uh, yeah, hopefully more to come with, with baseball and softball. 
Uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll have another uh, big show. Certainly appreciate the number of guests we had on today, including uh, Jack Thigpen, Nick White, Freddie Murray, Josh Brown, uh, Keith Richard also joined us today. And, uh, of course, more coming up later in the week. Everybody have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening to Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Thanks for listening to the best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.